0: Log Talk Radio.
1: A Date with Destiny for Monday, April the 11th, 2022. I'm your host and author of the book, Destiny Awaits, The Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Owings Mills, Maryland. And this broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. We are super excited excited this evening about being with you and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled, joyful, and loving life. You can receive and download this podcast via iTunes or anywhere you receive your podcast. You can also receive it via my website yourdestinyawaits.net and also follow us on Twitter at least lyse101. If you would like to become a sponsor to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. So once again, we are excited to be able to share with our listeners information from people of all walks of life that we believe will inspire, motivate, and more importantly, empower you. We are so happy to share that next Tuesday on April the 19th, we will celebrate 10 years of broadcasting. Woo! Yes, I'm so excited about that, 10 years, 10 years. It's hard to wrap my mind around that, but, you know, it is what it is. So we're excited just to be able to share that and continue to share with you all. We still look forward to and can't wait to share some great things from some really extraordinary people we have coming up for the rest of this season. So continue to tune in and follow us, um, yeah, to see what we have coming up. But tonight, we have another amazing show. We have joining us this evening, award-winning mixologist Anna Welker. Anna is a bar manager and an award-winning mixologist at the award-winning Revival Hotel, which is a JDV by Hyatt. Anna has worked around the Baltimore area with more than a decade worth of experience. She joined the Revival team in 2019, introducing her Spirit Free initiative, which launched during dry January last year. Anna led the creation of the Zero Proof and Zero Judgment program, which has resonated with guests who seek non-alcoholic craft beverages. Anna is in active recovery and spearheaded this program in hopes of tackling stigma and inspiring others in the hospitality industry to accommodate every single guest, regardless of the drinking preference. Anna states, it would be great to see a shift in our culture where it's just as normal to have alcohol-free options on the menu as it is to have vegetarian, or gluten-free options. It's incredibly meaningful to see the conversation around mental health shifting from secrecy and shame to curiosity, importance, and even celebration of taking active care of oneself. I believe that the hospitality industry has a unique position and responsibility to support the community in any way we can zero proof zero judgment menu is now a hyatt brand and one of anna's mottos is be sober louder so with having said all of that a date with destiny would like to welcome mixologist extraordinaire, Anna Welcome to the show. Hello, Anna. Hello, and I get applause. That's so exciting. You get <laughs> I applause, girl. Yes, you do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> well, you deserve it. You, you deserve it. I am proof because uh-huh. I have had some of your drinks that are absolutely amazing. But first, how are you today? Welcome. Oh, I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so so excited for this. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, we have a lot of ground to cover, and this time goes by so quickly. Um, but I just want to let yes, my I listeners am. yeah it does I just want to let my listeners know first and foremost, I met Anna a couple years ago, and I think it was around when you actually first came to um, the Revival Hotel, and yeah. um, that's where you know my husband works there, and he kept telling me about this. Women who mixes these great drinks and you've got to try them and you know <laughs> so, on and so on and so on. So I said, okay, okay. So finally, when I when I came there, um, and you were working and we were downstairs in the you know the lower yeah, level. Yeah, you are in B side.
2: Yeah, you remember
1: that? I I do remember.
2: There were four. Oh my of gosh! And yeah, we
1: had exactly. old fashioned. <laughs> you know what? We'll see, okay, that part right there because <laughs> I was like, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I know I made those. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. They were so good. And it wasn't just the drinks that were amazing. Anna is amazing. Um, You know, you're so warm and so welcoming. And, you know, yeah, you're just amazing. And so Mm -hmm. now my listeners are going to just, you know, see what I see. And hear what I hear, um, and that's why I you know was so interested in having you on so that you could just share your uh, some of the things that you went through just to get to this point. And I would like to add the title of her show, let me tell you all this because this is how amazing she is. So the title of her show, <laughs> actually, um, is "My Mess Became My Message." my mess became my message. So when we were talking, you know, just, you know, sharing a little bit about the show, blah, blah, blah. And when she said that, I mean, she just said it as a matter of fact. And I said, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you know what you just said? (laughs) Because I'm quite sure we all can relate to um, having gone through so much and coming out and just, oh, my gosh, your story is amazing. So let's start off by what, Made you want to become a mixologist, oh gosh um well, I got
2: into my my first hospitality job was back when I was in college. I was a hostess at Carabas down in North Carolina, and mm-hmm. I moved up into um serving and i started to, i continued doing that when i I moved to Baltimore um, to be the carpentry intern at Center Stage. My degree's in uh theater. So I've always been uh-huh. very like creative, very like artistic driven okay. kind of thing. And um yeah, and so I moved up here for that. And the thing that they <laughs> let us do at Center Stage as an intern is you can work the bar during, like, intermission and stuff like that, pre-show and whatnot, to make a little extra money. And so mm-hmm. I started learning a little bit more there. And then, like, there was a restaurant that needed, you know, um, a server. And I really wanted to learn more about bartending. So I said, like, well, I'll free if you teach me how to bartend. And honestly, my whole career has just been, like, being at the right place at the right time and not being a jerk, wow. basically <laughs> like when people yeah. ask how like how I got to where I am, I'm like, just right place, right time, don't be a jerk like and doors will will open that way for you pretty easily um in Absolutely. my experience anyway um and so yeah. i'm I'm honestly really grateful that I started working at a wonderful little dive in Sells Point that no longer exists called <laughs> Bad Decisions of All Things but we were very oh, wow. much like a craft cocktail yeah <laughs> craft cocktail kind of spot um but very casual and so i got to learn a lot about like the art of you know the drink and the mixing and all the different kind of flavors there were out there and i would kind of explain to people that you know i create drinks now based on the way i used to create like paint colors you know like what wow. kind of shade of green do we are we looking for you know but except now yeah. what kind of flavor profile are we working for so Oh wow! Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just really grateful that I I got to explore my artistic, you know, stretch in that navigation and uh, yeah. in that avenue instead.
1: Absolutely, and it shows. Um, and and it shows not only in how it tastes because let me tell you something. I think one time I was down, I was at the top side, and. Um Anna had, um, I don't remember, see, I'm not good with names of stuff, so I just know it tasted good. But it was something that you made, and it was in a pitcher, because I think it was like the signature drink for the evening. And so, uh-huh. like, I said, oh, let me try that. And so I'm sitting there, and girl, oh, that stuff was so good. And the next thing you know, it's like, okay, give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another. I was like, okay, you know what? Stop. Just stop. <laughs> right? And I, I think I it was was- we had a brandy punch for a minute, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Um, but it, okay, so and you can tell that you know not just again in your mixing and what you do as far as you know the concoctions that you come up with, but you really even the look—you look like you enjoy it. You know, I, well, a lot I do. of times,
0: people,
1: yeah, <laughs> a lot of times. Well, you know, sometimes people just don't enjoy what they do anymore. Um, and you're one of those people and you said something very key to you said, and don't be a jerk, that part, that part right there, (laughs) that part, (laughs) Uh, you you know, you can't do what you do and, you know, be a jerk about it. You You, know what I mean? You have to be a people person. Yeah. You have to be a people person. Yeah. Um, so when you say craft drinks, what is, what does that mean? That's I mean, that's that's a whole long uh, school of
2: thought that, you know, a, a lot of people will have a lot of strong opinions about okay. you know, what qualifies, mm-hmm. like, a craft bartender and a mixologist and all of these different, okay. you know, kind of catchy terms that get get thrown around. For me, it gotcha. comes down, like, because all different kinds of bar, bartending are valid, right? Like, the service mm-hmm. industry, we, we need all different types of players in all the different fields, you know, playing all the different roles. Um, for me, the, the craft idea is something that's just like a little more attention to consistent measuring and fresh juices oh, okay. and like, I think Dante, our, the GM at the hotel, we were having the conversation, like, you know, what, what makes a craft bar program, you know, like what distinguishes mm-hmm. that above, you know, your, your corner pub or something. I'm like, I think fresh squeezed juice is a, is a strong indicator of, oh. you know, just, just being able to take that attention to detail, um, gotcha. So I, I think there's, you know, there's an argument to be said, like, you know, it's about the garnishing and the glassware. And, you know, it, it all comes down, I think, to just that level of detail and care. Um, but I, I have done all different styles of bartending in my day, and all are perfectly valid.
1: <laughs> and acceptable okay, ways okay. To,
2: to, to be hospitable, you know.
1: Well, see, you just taught me something because I I had no clue. Like, you know, I just <laughs> drink is, you know, if it's good and and look, and sometimes yep. it's pretty. Do you like it or not? <laughs> sometimes yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, um, why is Well, sorry, a- like, I uh, I was just going to like, people,
2: you know, will often ask, especially when you go to a spot that has like a cocktail menu and they say like, well, what's your favorite drink to make? And I always feel like my favorite drink to make is whatever you currently feel like drinking. That's my current favorite drink to make because Mm -hmm. I'm just like picking up some bottles and I'm shaking and stirring some things and like, that's that's it you know like I have very little emotional attachment to what I'm doing uh, now having said that I do have a cocktail on the menu that I won the first annual rise up against cystic fibrosis competition with and so I tell people like but you know this one I beat the boys at whiskey with so <laughs> okay I, no, I'm there. no more inclined for that one <laughs> so, well, yeah. and how long ago was that oh that was like 12 years ago or something it was wow. the, the first annual um, with the Baltimore bartenders guild so it was okay. it was pretty fun. I was I was the second youngest, I was the only girl and I was um the only person who wasn't like the manager or owner. You know, gotcha. so I was I was the underdog. But
1: uh two out of five judges gave the perfect score. So Well see, and I'm a champion <laughs> of the underdog, so you know, that's that's my thing right there. So let me ask there you There you go. Um you so okay, you you're in recovery. How does that work? Yeah. Now you work behind a bar, and you're in recovery. So d- talk to, talk yeah. to us about that part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so I you know a thing that's so important with recovery right well there's a, mm-hmm. lot, a lot of things that are very important with recovery but i think mm-hmm. one of the most important is that it is not one size fits all right like okay. we did not mm-hmm. get into these problems the same way and we are not going to get out of them the same way i mm. would not necessarily if, if if there is a listener out there who is struggling with substance abuse or addiction I do have to really emphasize, I would not necessarily recommend to everybody to do the things that I did, but Mm -hmm. I did them with a very strong sense of boundary. Um, I've been working with my therapist for, gosh, over three years now, and I was working with my therapist for about nine months before I got sober. Um, Mm -hmm. She definitely helped kind of steer me in that right direction. And in the months leading up to – me getting sober there were a lot of unhealthy things in my life and one of those Mm -hmm. happened to be my place of work Um, Mm -hmm. and it had just kind of gotten to a point where I just knew it wasn't right for me to to be working there anymore and I knew some people who worked at Revival I mean I've been working in Baltimore for over a decade I have so many friends in this industry and Mm -hmm. I just heard that they were hiring and um, it just kind of worked out and it's one of those things like The early days of recovery are such a blur. I truthfully don't remember my interview with the hotel. I'm sure I interviewed with somebody. I have no Mm -hmm. recollection of it, not because I was drunk, just because I was, like, going through so much at that time. Um, My my sobriety date is May 23rd, 2019, and my hire date at Revival is June 2nd. So it might sound like starting a new bartending job is not perhaps the smartest thing to do (laughs) when you are, like, 10 days sober. Uh, right. But for me, like uh, I'm I'm an alcoholic, and so if you give me an option of being out somewhere where there is alcohol and I am allowed or encouraged to drink it, odds are pretty good that I'm going to do that. And I have worked at bars where that has been the case. Um, mm-hmm. But something that I appreciate very much with um, you know Hyatt being a Joie de Vie property and everything, there are cameras everywhere. And Mm. we have a strict no-drinking policy. So if you put my alcoholic butt behind a bar somewhere five nights a week and tell me I can't drink, that's actually the safest place for me to be is to Ah, be somewhere, you know, because a lot of people will tell you, like, you know, especially if you go into meeting rooms, they'll they'll tell you you have to quit your job and you have to change and everything. And and for some people, that's true, right? Like Mm -hmm. for some people, I can't handle it. And that's totally fine, you know, like Mm -hmm. I said, not one size fits all. But right. for me, if you tried to take, you know, me, who's been, I've, like you said, you, you've, you've seen me at work and what I do. I love what I do. If
1: mm-hmm. you tell me I
2: can't do that anymore, this thing that I've been doing for a decade, and you tell me that I have to become a morning person and work a 9 to 5 and sit behind a desk, like, mm-hmm. A, I'll be miserable, which is going mm-hmm. to make me want to drink. And then I will have the evenings free with which to go out and drink. <laughs> So, Got you. Actually getting me in a, in an environment that again, like I already had friends there. Um and you I I love the intro, you know, when you were telling telling the listeners about me and saying that one of my mottos is be sober louder, like everybody <laughs> knows that I'm in recovery. It is it is not mm-hmm. a secret. And so I knew that it was a safe place for me to be open about that. I knew that I had friends there, people that I trusted, who were not going to be pressuring me into going out, you know, after work and just, you know, getting a ton of drinks yeah. or anything. Like, I I knew that it was actually a really good move for me to make. Um, and and wow. it really was. Like, I mean, it's been almost three years and I'm still there.
1: So oh my god, definitely. You go
2: girl. No regrets there. You-
1: You know what? Let me do this because you deserve some more applause on that one. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, you do. And sometimes we have to stop and celebrate ourselves, you know, because... You know, Absolutely. we work, we work, we work, and we work, and we work. And not just, a, you know, we work on our jobs, but we're working on ourselves, too. And something you yes. just said that was very profound is therapy, 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 therapy. I mm-hmm. tell everybody, like, this is the generation. This is the time
0: <laughs> yes. of
1: not, you know, Absolutely. we don't have time to not um, to not seek therapy. Mental health is important. Like, it's real. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know how I made it this long. I think I just, you know, I had to there. I mean, are you not know, yeah. okay? I don't know how I did it. Well, yeah. then again, i just say by God's grace and his mercy, if you believe, you know, in a higher mm-hmm. source, but that's just a whole other thing. But you said also be sober louder. I love that. I love yeah. that. Now, how did that come about? Did you, did that, you know, did you come up with, um, come up with that? Oh, oh no. First of all, I've, I've been in, in a lot of meetings, and so like 90% of what you hear
2: me say is stuff that I've heard somebody else say in a meeting, and okay. it sounded good. Mm-hmm. Like okay. uh, p- people who, who are in these meetings, you know, we, we have to keep it simple. We we like to call it, uh, you know, pardon my language, uh, the shit we put on pillows, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the mm-hmm. little, like mm-hmm. quick, easy phrases that, you know, when you're in early recovery, everything's really overwhelming. And so having these quick little messages to just help you keep it simple. Like they tell us, make it manageable, you know, like you're doing the most challenging work of your life and you know, it is life or death. And so you just have to keep it simple. So um, be sober louder is something that a friend of mine, uh, Andy Smith says, he's one of the uh, Ben's friends leaders and currently in Columbus, Ohio, he's getting ready to move to Portland, I think. Um, But Ben's friends is a sobriety group for people who work in food and beverage so that's no, my time. Say prime. that again. Say but, that name again. It, it's called Ben's Friends. Um, Ben's Friends, based, okay. Yeah, so it's, um, it was founded in honor of a chef named Ben Murray, who um, mm-hmm. unfortunately committed suicide in his loss oh. of his battle with addiction. And mm. two of his friends, um, Steve Palmer and Nikki Bax um, in Charleston, Restaurateurs and they're friends of his, and they were you know devastated by by losing their friend, and they both have significant long term sobriety. And this was only five years ago, I think, six years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, so out of that that tragedy, they're like, you know, he he should have like we wish he could have talked to us about this. Like we're here for him, and we how can we make sure that nobody has to to go through this alone? And so they founded Ben's friends and his memory, and now they have. they have chapters all throughout the country. They have a wow. national meeting that meets every day at one PM Eastern and several um late night meetings a week and a gender split mm-hmm. on Wednesdays and um I really I started attending a lot of those meetings during COVID because that's when they launched, you know, everything went to Zoom and they started right. these daily meetings and I mean I literally went to every single meeting for weeks on end. I've now spent wow. hundreds of hours in these rooms with people from Charleston to Louisville to Portland, to Seattle. And mm-hmm. I've had the great pleasure of being able to actually meet many of them. And these are now like lifelong recovery friends, you know? Okay. Um, Cause if, if, if you want another, like what, this is one of my favorite things. This is my friend Kevin in uh, Portland. He likes to say the difference between illness and wellness is I and we.
1: Mm, I love that.
2: Isn't that great? I like that. And it, it, yeah. it's true. Um, Like the kind of the, the motto for Ben's friend is like, you know, we try to provide the community needed to find, you know, solace in the struggle with our addiction. Um, Wow. And that the community needed to find it
1: is what we say. So So now we we, we don't do this alone. Okay. So is this just for the hospitality industry or is this for anyone that has an addict you know, alcohol addiction?
2: It's primarily for food and beverage. That's what it's geared towards. But I mean, we're okay. not going to turn anybody away <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if, if you're struggling and this is the place that is going to help you get to that next step. Like, the doors are open, you know.
0: Okay.
2: Um, one of, I worked with someone for a while, and she would tell me, like, you know, recovery should be a place of unconditional love. And if whatever you're doing is not jiving with that, then maybe consider if that's something that you want to be a part of your recovery. And I definitely right. took that to heart. Like, you know, it's, it, it's a pretty easy um, barometer, honestly Like is mm-hmm. this filling me with unconditional love Or is this filling me with judgment and shame
1: You know, which, Got which you.
2: direction do I want to go in
1: Right, so. right, right, right Yeah, and we, had a, we get enough of that We get enough negative whatever <laughs> yes. Thrown at us, you know And so, you know, that's another thing that um, I find I like about Revival Hotel They are not um, Like judgmental you know, no. I mean, and I'm on the outside looking in. I don't work there every day, but it's just you know some of the things I've noticed on like yeah. the people that they have working there. You know, they really seem like they they really you know want to help people. Um, cause you have know, some jobs and, like and if you, you can yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm just so glad that we met, and um, you know, because I just think you're you know again just absolutely amazing. But so tell me. Um so how does having booze-free drink options especially in the public settings like bars benefit individuals and communities?
2: Oh my gosh. Um I think, you know, and you said my my favorite word so many times in your in your intro um as I was mm-hmm. listening to that and that's empowerment. Um mm. I think When when it comes down to, I was actually just having a conversation about this very thing with a friend this afternoon. Um, Mm -hmm. I very strongly believe in the psychology of hospitality, right? Like hospitality, it's a trust-based relationship, you know? As Mm -hmm. as soon as, in in Revival's case, as soon as that elevator door dings and you're on the top floor of our restaurant, and you walk into our door and the host greets you, like we're starting to trust one another, right? Like Mm -hmm, we're we're trusting that you're going to be polite, you know, with us and that you're going to the tab for what you've ordered and, you know, right. that you're going to like not cause a scene or anything like that. You know, we're, we're trusting you with that and you're trusting us to get your order right and make sure that, you know, you have just the best service and that you're taking care of. Like, the entire subste- subtext, for, in my mind, of mm-hmm. what we as the, the hospitality staff are saying to you is, it's okay. We got you. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's about anticipating mm-hmm. needs. Like, you shouldn't have to feel... When you're when you're at a place that's doing that's executing, you know, flawless hospitality, you should never have to feel, a, like you're wanting for anything, and b, mm. like an inconvenience. And yes. I think that, yes. that that's something I saw a lot of. Um, especially in early recovery, because it was my Mm -hmm. first time turn like being that person is like, Oh, what can you make? that's not alcoholic or like, can I just get a bitters and soda? And you just like have this weird inherent feeling that like you're taking up place in a, in a place that doesn't really want you, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, talking about that idea of having, Uh, Zero-proof options on a menu just alongside, you know, vegetarian, gluten-free. My grandmother, Mm -hmm. who I think might be listening right now, uh, you know, she's gluten-free. And I remember, gosh, years and years ago, I had never heard of gluten. And we were having a birthday (laughs) dinner for her. And we had spaghetti and cake. And I just remember thinking, well, I don't I don't know what gluten is, but apparently I like it because this stuff is not taste good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so yeah. glad for my wonderful <laughs> grandmother's sake that gluten-free food has come a very long way since right. that, that time right. many years ago. But, you know, I, I think there is that thing about, like, you don't. nobody wants to feel like you're a burden. And when you're having yeah. to ask people to kind of go out of the way of something that's not immediately offered, you just, yeah. you can't help but feel a little bit like, oh, gosh, like, I'm that person, you know? Yeah. And so when we talk about the idea of empowerment in a community, if you already have this option on the menu, and for Revival, it's not just, like, one option. It's a whole page. I have three pages of cocktails, and one of those pages is completely alcohol-free, So it's like you're taking up some solid real estate, you know, and like, and I want you to feel like you deserve to take up that real estate. Like this is a place for you, just like it's a place with like your friend over here, like, you know, the people across the bar, you know, like you deserve to be here and we have designed this with you in mind. Like here you are, it's okay. We've got you. Like that's the entire subtext. And when you walk out of an experience where you feel like, something in you has been seen has been validated like then you're out you know you're leaving hopefully our place ready to live your best life and that might be you're in a little bit of a better mood and you're able to help somebody on the street that you might have like given a cold shoulder to the next time so that's what i I mean when like that hospitality should then hopefully resonate beyond our doors out into the community you know and like i love that it's the, the butterfly effect, you know. Like you never yeah. know what little impact you're going to to have on somebody's life. I mean, I know, girl, like if you had told like my, my sobriety date is May 23rd, so I'm coming up on three years. If you had told yeah. drunk me three years ago, like you're about to have two more seizures. It's gonna suck for a minute, but don't mm-hmm. worry, you're gonna create this menu that's going to go on all, all of Hyatt lifestyles brands. Like my mm. joke with people right now, I'd be like. You know, I, I'd be like, I know that I'm drunk, but what are you on? Because that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yes. But, uh, and you know, I, we, we talk,
1: just, Yeah, go ahead.
2: I was just going to, like, we talk about, you know, in recovery, um, you know, these promises that are going to come true and, like, you know, uh, kind of promises beyond our wildest dreams. and a thing one of my friends um, who owns a a vegan and gluten-free bakery in South Carolina, um, she likes to say like, I have to keep coming up with new dreams because I keep achieving the the ones I've I've come up with.
0: Like Mm. I keep having to
2: imagine the next best thing Mm -hmm. because I keep Mm making my my dreams just keep coming true. And I think that's something that I, I, I don't think I really, I don't think I could have understood when I, before I got sober, how many good things would be waiting for me on the other side. I I think there's so much of a focus on like what you're going to be missing out on. Like I'm thinking of all the drinks that I'm not going to be having and all the the Mm -hmm. pain that I'm not going to be able to numb in the same way that I had been doing Mm -hmm. for so long. I think about losing my crutch. I don't think about like this amazing supportive community that I found. I don't think about the ways I've been able to form authentic connection. I don't think about, the friendships and the family relationships that have been able to heal. Like I, I don't think about buying my house, which I just did a couple weeks ago. Like I don't, I don't think of those things. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I, you know, you don't think of that when you're in the depth of addiction because you can't see the light on the other side. And if you had told me about these things, I would have been like, that's not meant for me. Cause that's, Mm that's my depressive voice, right? My depressive voice is telling me that I don't deserve these things. It's telling me like, you're not a candidate for that kind of life. Like you you don't deserve that. And now I just have to learn that. Like that's my depressive voice. And when it wants to say those things, it it can say that and it can believe itself. And that's fine. But I now have a recovery voice and a healing voice. And I need for me, I just have to like, listen to those voices and check in and see what they have to say. They're, they're pretty good at shutting down the depressive voice nowadays. I mean, well, yeah. it, it's so really loud sometimes, but,
1: um, yeah,
2: yeah, it's been with me for a long time. But uh, yeah. I, I know how to shut it up a little better now.
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. But, see, that's where therapy comes in, you know, yeah. because people don't know about that other voice. Like, you know, we, we yep. don't know. we and, and so, yeah, I'm just, oh, my gosh, girl, you just gave me goosebumps. Um, you, you said so much. And, and one thing that I really wanted to, to kind of touch on when you said an, it's an experience, like and it is, like when you walk mm-hmm. into Topside and you're working, and everybody, all the bartenders there are really amazing, but um, you do. It, it is an experience. And looking yeah. at the menu with all of the um you know, booze-free or zero—you know, alcohol, non-alcoholic beverage choices that you have. Like I've never seen that mm-hmm. before. And yeah, and so there, and, and there not, are the places
2: that are doing it
1: for sure. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? So. But now, guess what? Your your thing, your niche, like what you've created, is now like in all the Hyatts. How does yeah. that feel? It's so wild! Like, oh my god, it feels ridiculous. <laughs> in like the best way possible. it's
2: it's crazy it really is
1: hello well I mean that's just you know cause like oh my gosh so you know as you were talking I keep going back to my mess became my message my mess became so what so you, you shared a lot with us in that statement but your message what is your message Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, uh, I, think, I didn't
2: mean to hit you like that. I'm right.
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's it's good. It's good. That's what we're here for, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think my my message is just that it does get better, you know, and, okay. like, we we do recover, and there is life on the other side of this, and there is joy in sobriety. Like, mm-hmm. there is, you know, that there are good drinks and sobriety mm-hmm. there is connection like you can like another thing that I I loved being reminded of you know when you're sober there's literally only one thing you can't do and that's drink that's literally mm-hmm. it you can do absolutely mm-hmm. anything else, right? You know? and so um you know my my mess was like I said like I say be sober louder because you know I've I've been a bartender for a long time, Lisa. Like my drinking was very, very public. And Mm -hmm. so if I have any chance at being successful in sobriety, then, you know, I kind of rationalize that my my sobriety has to be just as public if, you know, I'm going to be going up to battle against it, you know. Right, Um, right. So that's kind of, I guess, what I mean, like, you know, my my mess was pretty public, and some people didn't really see like the full extent of it. Like, there mm-hmm. there were a handful of people who were like, "You know, I didn't I didn't think you like had a problem all that bad or anything." And
0: you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, well, that's
2: mm-hmm. that's your perspective, but you weren't yeah. the one, you know, yeah.
0: who had I to go it. to bed
1: with myself every night and
0: yeah. you know
1: all of that. So so okay, let me get uh-huh. off the subject um for a second. What do you call your grandmother? What do you what, what's your name uh, for I, her?
2: I, I still call her grandmommy. She told me a while ago okay. that I can call her grandmom, but I've been calling her grandmommy since I was a kid. So. Okay, because <laughs> I heard
1: you say that she's probably listening, so I just wanted to acknowledge her. Hello, grandmommy. How are you? Yeah. This is your granddaughter I, I my, on my, here. Just,
2: uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was going my say, my, uh, my mom just arrived uh, in Alabama, so I, I sent them the link, and they said they'd be tuning in for dinner, so I'm not sure where okay, they are great. at that point. But if they're not well, listening... Now, then I'm sure they'll be listening later. So, hi, grandmommy, grandpapa, <laughs> and Dad, Mom, everybody. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, and I know they have to you. <laughs> be. So, I'm quite sure they're so proud of, you know, like they what are. you're doing with your life. And, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up from here. And, like, you're, like, pretty yeah. up there right now, Anna. Like, you, you really it, it, are. It is. It
2: is. Yeah. Um, so, why is it, booze free? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was go just going to say, like, kind of touching on... Yeah, I I think the importance of family relationships and the dynamics, um, if if you don't mind me, like, just expounding upon this, because it is, I think, something very important. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of my friends, Brian, and we we don't, there's some meetings out there that like to stay anonymous and we don't talk about those things, but Ben's friends is very much Be Sober Louder. So I'm confident that anybody that I'm quoting right now has no problem with me sharing what I'm about to, to say. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I do want to stress that, like, I completely respect the confidentiality that is necessary for these rooms, but Absolutely. there are some things that I know some people have no problem being, you know, they they share it very publicly, yeah. and I know they wouldn't mind me quoting. Mm-hmm. And my friend Brian likes to talk about, you know, like, when you're describing an alcoholic, or you thinking of an alcoholic, and you're thinking of, like you know, a thief and a liar. And it's like, well, I'm a, I'm a pretty honest person, you know, like I don't, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a thief. And, but he's like, you know, but how many, you know, nights of how how many good nights of sleep did I rob my parents of, you Mm. know, like what, what, what about the emotional theft that I took? And anytime he shared that, that always like strikes a chord with me because, you know, my, my parents live in North Carolina. Like I I don't have any family up here. And Mm -hmm. so I can't, I can't imagine what it would have been for them for all of these years yeah. to know that I was like, you know, living this, this lifestyle and they can't, that they're, they're pretty powerless yeah. down there, yeah. you know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when people ask me, you know, why I got sober and why I stayed sober. Um, I mean, there were, <laughs> there's a whole host of reasons <laughs> of why I needed yeah. to get sober, but the yeah. thing that really kept me sober in early sobriety, especially was it got to be undeniable that I was lying to people that I knew I loved. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is I was telling them that I loved them, family, friends, partners, whatever. I was, I was telling them that I loved them and I believed Mm -hmm. that I loved them. I knew in my heart that I loved them, but I was behaving in a way that I knew was causing emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. I knew because they told me that and Mm -hmm. I was continuing to still choose to behave in this way that I knew Mm. was causing emotional turmoil. So how could I, you know, as somebody who like, I believe that I'm a good person. I believe that I'm a loving person. I believe that love is, you know, one of my driving forces in my life. How could I keep telling these people that I love them and continually Mm. to cause them emotional turmoil? And so that was the thing that like, before I, before I knew how to love myself to the point where I knew I deserved recovery, that was the thing that was, like, really pushing me through. Um, got you. It just knowing that, like, I, you know, I I was single when I got sober, and I was like, I'm not doing this, like, for any of my exes or anything like that, but, like, I'm doing it for my future partner, whoever that may be. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to be able to, to be that person who can right. be, like, authentically loving. So. Wow. Um, yeah. Looks Thanks so for letting me true. share that. Thanks. I just. And that's, thank you Talk, for that. Talking no, about family. I just, it's important, I think, to, to share that.
1: Yeah, because um, thank you for sharing that. Because what I was hearing, too, was, because um, I was going to ask you, like, what was your breaking point? What was the point that, you know, the time when you just said, you know what, enough is enough? Like, my bottom. Like, so for you, was right. that the relationships in your life?
2: Yeah, and the the last one that really was like the the straw that broke the camel's back to use a overly mm-hmm. <laughs> used saying, mm-hmm. um, and, and I do like what I've heard it described as you know rock bottom doesn't look the same for everybody, but it feels the same, and it's right. that feeling gotcha. of being so pathetic you can't take it anymore. Gotcha. Um, and for me, I was you know I I had had a couple seizures and at work you know like two weeks in a row and. That was mm-hmm. unusual and very scary. And I was like, okay, I'm like medically dependent to this point. And I went mm-hmm. and <laughs> kind of did some rehab shopping, but I still wasn't ready to like make the full yeah. commitment. And then I was supposed to go to a concert in New Jersey with a couple of friends from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all moved in different areas around the country. And, you know, I, I get there. I think I arrived second, I think and met them and i mean i i I hate to say like i don't remember the majority of that entire weekend Hmm. um but what i do remember what i do have very clear mental pictures of is my friends walking away from me once while we were Hmm. walking down the street and once when they were leaving our airbnb i just remember them leaving without saying goodbye and these are people i've known since i was 14. You know, mm-hmm. like, for, so I've mm-hmm. known them for for 20 years, for over half mm-hmm. my life, and they've been my friends through cancer. Like, they've they've seen they have seen me through a lot of stuff. And so for them to turn and walk away from me, that was really the like kind of waking up moment of like, okay, it's it's affecting literally everybody <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And there's no more denying this. That like you've got to look at this. Like this and is you just know not what? okay.
1: Yeah, but so okay. So here's the, the the spiritual part that I'm going to to you know interject interject here because mm-hmm. everyone that I've known, um, including myself, who has suffered, um, whether it's mm-hmm. from a drug addiction, an alcohol, whatever, just suffering. Like right. We suffer in yeah. so many different ways, but just suffering. And you come through that suffering when you come through to the other side and now you're able to, you know, walk in your purpose more. You're able to Uh give back and pour into others. And I believe that those who suffer the most are the ones who get to really pour into other people because we've been there. We know what it looks like. Yes. We know what rock bottom looks like, right? So yes. now you're in that position because being a bartender, I'm quite sure people just start talking to you and just talking to you and talking oh, to you yeah. and talking to you. And you're just <laughs> mixing and, you know, talking and, you yeah. know, doing your thing. Um, and you're mm-hmm. able to inspire and impart wisdom through your yeah. job, through Hopefully. your gift. This is a gift. <laughs> this, this is your gift. I hope you know yeah. that. Like this is your gift, yeah. and you you went through like you you know the trials and tribulations that you went through were for such a time as this. Yeah. Now look at the elevation. I I, I... Go
2: ahead. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. I think I sent you that um that little meme or whatever that's uh
1: you yeah. know uh,
2: what you're going through right now will be part of somebody else's survival guide. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I applaud anybody. Well, I applaud anyone who has suffered the way, you know, you have suffered. And you're able to now, like, just talk about it and share your experiences because you do want to help, you know, other people come yeah. through on the other side. And especially with alcohol, because alcohol is a big thing. Like, it just is. Yes. Um, and there's something it is. it's something else you said everywhere. Too. Yeah, something else you said to me before in our conversation about the freedom to choose. Like, it does give you a freedom to choose, right? hmm Yeah. So what does the future of the booze-free booze-free industry look like now?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, I think it looks really bright. Like, I mean, if you look okay. at it even from, like, an analytical standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's the, – the numbers are saying, you know – I I'm I mm-hmm. not even gonna to try to quote numbers because <laughs> okay. yeah.
0: but,
2: you know, I've I've been in a lot of articles and I've read a lot of articles talking about, you know, the billion dollar, you know, alcohol industry, but there's there's a respectable little notch being carved out for the zero proof mm-hmm. um spirits and non alcoholic beers. I mean, there's a whole non alcoholic um brewery in Connecticut, you know, that like all they make is non alcoholic beers. Okay. And I think you you, uh, I have several of my friends who are liquor reps that are you know now liquor reps solely for non alcoholic products um you have whole sober bars that are popping up in larger cities you know like i think it it's not just a trend I think you know i i'm 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 not actually all that unique lisa <laughs> in in many ways <laughs> you know like I think that what happened to me and i I have many other sober colleagues or other colleagues in recovery who, you know, I think part of my story is that, uh, well, I I know what part of my story is because it's my story. I'm fully aware of it, but, -hmm. you know, getting into like the craft cocktail world when it was like really resurging, probably like 15, 20 years ago, I mean, that was before I could drink. But, you know, when I was getting into the craft cocktail scene, um, I was really getting into it about 11 years ago. And, You know, you had all of these bars that were doing really exciting things. It was easy to go to D.C. and New York and, like, you know, these menus with, like, this ingredients you've never heard of and people are doing all these crazy infusions and, you know, syrups and lighting things on fire and smoke and, like, just all these new – like, it's a lot, Mm -hmm. and especially when you're artistic and this is your craft and it's like I want to enjoy and experience all the things and all of those things just happen to be alcoholic. (laughs) And that is just um, not sustainable, (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and so I think there's a lot of people like myself who were very swept up in this very exciting yeah. cocktail renaissance as we call it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um some of us who have that you know addictive brain addictive chemical that like latches onto it, like you know mm-hmm. w- w- however you want to frame it that that works for yeah. you to make sense of it um you know a lot of there are several of us who just got kind of caught in that web a little bit. And yeah. so I think that's where you're seeing people like myself who still want to have really fun, creative, interesting drinks. We just want to take the alcohol out of them. And yeah. so whether that's playing with different teas or different syrups or like looking up weirder ingredients or you know, there's so many different ways to do this. Um yeah. so I think that's why, you know, there's there's so many Non-alcoholic cocktail books out now. Like you know, you have the big like all all those fancy cocktail books from Death and Co. and and everything like that. that is the PDT, you know, these um, kind of cocktail lore, like cocktail bibles, that have been out for a long time now. And now you have by Elenia coming out of Chicago. You have like Derek Brown just put out a book. Um, okay. Julia also, but like there, there's all these zero proof. Books that are wow. out. So I mean, it is, it's something that people are interested in. I think there's a you know wellness and mental health like there's such buzzwordy things nowadays. But I think yeah. people are realizing that it just isn't sustainable. And you don't have to go like full blown into recovery. Like that's why I call it zero proof zero judgment because like it's not my job mm. to ask or wonder why you don't want something with alcohol in this particular moment. Like you don't right. have to be in recovery. It could be that you're just taking a night off or you had one cocktail but you're the dd tonight and you want to make sure that you get home safe like but you still want to hang out i mean there's any number of reasons and it's not my job to to ask why it's my job to put that thing in a glass for you to enjoy
1: (laughs) and yes and you do it so well but yeah you know that's interesting because um I don't think I've really paid – well, why would – you know, people don't pay attention to things that, you know, like that doesn't directly affect them. Um, and so just hearing you, you know, share your message about Zero Proof, you know – what is it? I just I just had it in my head. But the Zero Proof, okay. you know, um, non-alcoholic drinks and so on and so forth, it's like my eyes are opening up more, you know, yeah. Um And for me, I'm definitely going to continue to share this message because I guess maybe, like, people like myself, I didn't really know that it was out there like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you wouldn't unless you had reason to look for it. And I've I've had several
2: people, you know, say, like, well, what's the point? Like, I've literally had people say that to me. And I'm like, well, pull up a chair and let me tell you what the point is.
1: Right, right. I,
2: I got lots of ways to tell you what the point is. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's also I I don't have to prove it to you. You know, like mm-hmm. if if you're sitting here looking at my zero proof menu and you're like, what in the world is this for? Well, it's not for you, and that's okay. I got two whole other pages of cocktails and a beer list and two beautiful pages of wine that I'm sure right, you'll find something right. quite delicious on. You know, yeah. like it's it's just about having options,
1: and that that's, it's that's just exactly about that freedom options. of
2: choice. You Eggs. know.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, so I just appreciate you. I appreciate you do, doing what you do and sharing with other people, um, Anna, because it's just so important. You know, it's like, it it's. Oh, okay, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So it's like um, <laughs> when you walk into TopSide. For me, now this is just, mm-hmm. just, I'm speaking for myself, I can't speak for nobody else, mm-hmm. but when I was sitting at right. the bar, I can't remember what, what you know, but, you know, I'm just kind of, I, I observe a lot, you know, I, I'm an observer, mm-hmm. so I'm just sitting there, you know, sipping on whatever I'm sipping on at the moment, and I'm just watching everybody really enjoy themselves and talk, so, but the feeling I get when I go to Topside um, is um, cheers, with everybody knows your name, like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, I, I love that. Love that. Yeah, and it does feel that way. It's a homey type of a feel. You do feel validated. You do feel seen. And it's just comfortable. Oh it's a very comfortable vibe, you know? Um, that's what we and go so go Yeah, <laughs> I encourage anybody who has not yet been to the Revival Hotel Top 5, you need to go and ask for Anna and tell them. I'm, I'm most that, likely there. <laughs> yeah, 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 Yes, that's another thing. You work all the time, like all the time. Yes, all done. Very true. Sorry, you broke up there for just a second. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh, there we go. Yeah, I said you're the bar manager number one, right? Yes, I am. And you also are just you know busy creating these amazing drinks. So yeah, and you love your job. So I mean, that's a good thing.
2: I do. It, it is a great thing. I am very, very less than fortunate in that regard, for
1: sure. Well, you know, now do you have? Is there a website that you want to share before we go? Um, in regards, to, just oh in case you, just in case, you, like your your friends from the food and beverage industry may be listening in, or for anybody, you know, who may be going through recovery and they just want to check you guys out, or is it just yeah, for, um, like I said, yeah.
2: Well, I think it's a great resource for anybody to know about because we all know bartenders and we all know servers. Mm -hmm. And um, I I do think that addiction is such an important thing to talk about because it really, it's a family disease. And I think, you know, it's something that has touched, unfortunately, a lot lot of lives. And so, honestly, something that I didn't expect to happen to the degree it, it has since I got sober was I didn't expect as many people to reach out to me as They Mm -hmm. did and still do. And, you know, I tell people, like, my door is always open. If you're here looking for the solution, like, I will walk side by side with you, you Mm -hmm. know, as far as I can. Um, Now, I'm very much an empath, and it's very easy for me to to get lost in things. So I do have to set firm boundaries, you know, surrounding that in order to to protect myself that, that's a yeah. whole separate <laughs> podcast well separate. look I'm one too <laughs> so I can relate
1: yeah yeah I understand yeah. I understand exactly what yeah. you're saying and mm-hmm. so but I would also want to I don't I keep saying top side but then you all just opened up um B side right which is B-side, the B yeah. on the lower floor so tell us a little bit about yeah. that before we go oh my gosh it's so fun uh Kendra she's been
2: working on this concept since pre-COVID I and met it is Kendra she's just, amazing Stunning. Yeah, she's fantastic. And fun fact, we were born in the same hospital, which might not sound like, excuse me, that might not sound like super weird. Like, okay, same hospital, so what? In Bristol, Tennessee. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> somehow two girls born like a year apart in Bristol, Tennessee both became bar managers in the same building. Oh, my somehow God. Somehow that happened. Wow. So crack me up. But um but no, it's this wonderful speakeasy concept down there. It's very like music oriented, like old school record jukebox joint, um but like mm-hmm. super like low lit, sexy. The cocktails are gorgeous. She has zero proof options there as well that are delicious. Um mm-hmm. you can just find it. <coughs> sorry, something like this got stuck in my throat. Um you just go down there. I think it's open Wednesday through Saturday starting at five o'clock. It goes until mm-hmm. midnight on Wednesday, Thursday until one on Friday, Saturday. But you just mm-hmm. look for the bowl of coins and put a coin
1: in the jukebox and all shall be revealed. As I like to say. Oh my god, that was so amazing too. I'm like, look at you yeah. guys, you guys are just doing the it's darn so thing great. down there.
2: It is oh, so they have chicharrones, like the the biggest rooms you'll ever see. They're intense
1: yeah. and amazing. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to be coming down there to hang out. You know, um, yeah. I know you oh. can't hang out with me because you'll be working, but you can make it. Most me likely. Some of but you should let me know support. when that, when you're there so I can come down and say hi at least. Absolutely, absolutely. So I just, oh, I just want to keep talking. See, I told you this was going to go by fast, I didn't know. I? Oh, I know, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you and I are both chatty people, so,
2: like, we could easily do this <laughs> for, like, four hours. Well, oh, well no, but I did want to... The the website's real quick. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I got got distracted with the the websites. Um, So for people who are interested in that food and beverage recovery um, group I was talking Mm -hmm. about, it's called, again, Ben's Friends. And the website is bensfriendshope.com. And so that has, like, all of the meeting links and uh, everything like that. And then I also do on Mondays, I'm actually, as soon as we get off the phone here, I'm going to tune into a meeting that I help moderate on Mondays uh, with a group called HERD. HERD is an organization based out of San Antonio, Texas that offers mm-hmm. uh, their, their mission is to provide resources to benefit the mental health, wellness, and recovery of people working in the food and beverage industry. And so we have a meeting every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern um, and we say it's excuse me it's more of a mental health meeting like it's not strictly sobriety not everybody okay. who attends deals with substance abuse or addiction not everyone like you know we, we've had some people that come and they're like you know I don't have a mental illness can I come to this so like yes like we we just say that <laughs> the only requirement for attendance is the desire to be there like, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. we, we just like to the goal is to create a safe space for an hour for people to come in like You know, if you can't afford a therapist or you didn't get to see yours this week, here's a place to just come and be able to unload for a few minutes. We have a different topic every week. Um, And the link to that can be found at at IHeardYou.org. And they also, we've we've partnered up with um, a health company called Galileo to get really amazing prices on health care. So it's not the same as health insurance, but it does does get you 24-7 access to online doctors and help with prescriptions and everything, just a a much more affordable and accessible um, kind of insurance alternative to to help out with, you know, more basic stuff. So we've partnered up with them, and we're working on a mental health partnership as well to help provide, like, discounted therapy. So a lot of exciting things Uh, coming in that arena. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go ahead i I like, just kind of put put my, my, my little bow on everything. Like, you know, I've, I've just been so passionate about working with herd. And, you know, you were asking me earlier about, like, the mess becoming my message and why I'm so passionate about what I do. Because for so long, like, I I, will, I I describe it as, like, I was in such a dark place. Like, the darkness was so consuming of me that it wasn't like I was in a light at the end of the tunnel situation. It's like I was trapped in a tunnel and I couldn't see a light. I heard mm. a rumor of a light. I knew it was out mm-hmm. there somewhere and i mean lisa i i have lived a very fortunate and blessed life right like i have always Mm -hmm. had friends i i have family who is supportive and loves me i've always had health insurance i've always been employed like i have had on paper like and and i was self-aware right like i knew i was Mm -hmm. depressed i knew i drank too much i knew i needed help i had everything you need to be successful and it was still it took me 10 years to mm. get out of the hole that I got my, myself into. And so that's why I'm so vocal about this and so passionate about trying to, like, hey, normalize talking about it, make it, make the conversation accessible, make the actual help itself accessible, mm-hmm. because we all deserve it. That's the thing. Yes. Like everybody out there deserves to live that, like, fulfilled, empowered life. Um, Absolutely.
0: You know, it, it's
2: meant for all of us. And so the more Absolutely. I can do and Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, to come on your show and, and speak and for the work that you do. And congratulations on 10 years, by the way, like Thank with my you. applause button that
1: I can hit for you. That's okay, amazing. well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, you. Here we go. Here we yeah, go. Turn think. it on. Get the applause going. Okay, come on, applause. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank That's you. So you I mean, Thank you. <laughs> I mean,
2: like, yeah, they, but this is how we do it, you know like it, it's by having yeah. these conversations, and you know if if this is conversation that just sparks the inkling in one person to like think that maybe they deserve something a little bit better for themselves, then you know Absolutely. that's that's more than than any of us can ask for you know you, you never know what what it's going to take for that that little thing that is going to hit somebody you know there there's no there's no magical formula to any of this. Um, it's just trying that's to right. do the next right thing and and, and see what happens. So well, Anna, thank you very thank much you for,
1: so for letting so me be me on here. You're so, so welcome. I hope you come back because, I mean, girl, we could just keep talking and to. talking and talking. But I really, thank you. Yes, I'm going to hold you to that. We will definitely have yes. you back on um, at this year. Yes. So, at, But at this oh. moment, I just want to thank you again so much. Um, I will definitely see you soon. And, yeah, yes, we're going to have you come back and share with us again, okay? Fantastic. I would love that. All right. Thank you so much, Anna. Take care. Thank you, Lisa. You too. I'll see you very soon, I'm sure. Yes, you will. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Anna. Um, She's just so amazing. I really hope everyone uh, that lives in the um, DMV area, if you get a chance to come to Baltimore, make sure you go down to the Hotel Revival and check out, um, they have two, two, uh, two restaurants, well, the Lower level is B side, which is just like a like, a, like she said, a nice lounge. And then upside top, um, upstairs is top side. The view is absolutely amazing. Just just go, you got to check it out. So we get we're down to the part of the show where I want to leave you with this: evolve, to change or develop gradually. Do you feel like you've messed up so many times that you are thinking that this is all there is to life? You're left feeling hopeless, helpless, and don't see any way out of the pit that you may have landed in. Well, I'm here to let you know that there's also a message in your mess. As long as you are in human form, you will have to at some point evolve, grow, move forward in your walk on your journey. It may take some longer than others, but at some point along the way, We wake up to the calling from our higher selves. We finally hear that still small voice from within that has been there the whole time waiting patiently for us to take heed to what it's been trying to tell us all along, which is that there is more. There is so much more waiting for us in the way of peace and joy and abundance of grace. If we just take a moment to stop and listen, eventually we will get tired of the same old, same old, tired of things constantly and continually not going our way, tired of the heartaches and suffering from the consequences of our bad decisions and bad choices that we continue to make over and over again. That's actually the definition of insanity, isn't it? doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. My dad would always say, kid, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired yet? (laughs) You see, it's when your soul becomes weary of not being happy and always suffering, it's then that we become still enough to listen and finally hear what our intuition has been patiently waiting to share with us. That's when we are in spirit and we feel a shift in our consciousness that feels good. We feel hopeful. It feels as if something or someone is letting us know that we have the ability to make a change if we just allow ourselves to trust that still, small voice within our very own inner GPS system that will never steer us wrong. We must get to a place of trusting the journey. The sooner you do, the sooner you can shift your consciousness to a higher state of being and start receiving all of the good that is right there waiting for you. It's all about making that conscious decision. So, ladies and gents, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If your answer is yes, then it's time to consciously and purposefully choose to move forward and evolve into a greater destiny that awaits you. So stop, take a deep breath in, now slowly let it out. Now be still and listen. What is your message? So that it concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us. A shout-out to my family, who are always loving and supporting me, and also to my friends and colleagues and all of my social networking sites. Once again, a big thank you to Anna for taking the time to share a big part of your journey and your wisdom with us. We are eternally grateful for you. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration and leave us a message to let us know you stopped by. And like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. And follow us on Twitter at least L-Y-S-E 101. So tune in next Monday, April the 18th at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. And always remember, folks, That real power comes from knowledge because knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. So take care. God bless. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.